Hi, this is David Branderhorst from Design Launch Grow, and this is the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So happy you decided to join us today. And I am thrilled to have with me as my guest, David Branderhorst. David, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, John? Oh, man, I am fantastic. So glad you're here today. Now, folks, if you don't know David, first of all, you need to get to know David. And let me tell you why. Because David is an online business coach. He is a marketing specialist. But he helps people do some amazing, amazing things. Um, I wouldn't even, I'm going to read it for you. It's so good. Well written, by the way, David, I might add. So here we go. You help people to design, launch, and grow their ideas into successful businesses so they can experience life in ways others only dream of and have impact they were created for. Oh, man, that's fantastic. I can't imagine anyone who is in business for themselves or wants to be in business for themselves that isn't like, okay, I'm paying attention. So <laughs> Now, that says a little bit about you, but... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's probably two other titles you have that you hold in the highest regard, husband and dad. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a, I've been married for, yeah, 23 years. I got to get like, do my math. You know, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This isn't one of the big, like 20, 25, 30, like, okay, we're at 23. So 23 years um, this summer. And I had three children who, scarily enough are now all in college i'm like wow all that happened but yeah i have a daughter who will be graduating from college this spring hmm. and i have uh, twin boys that are now freshmen in college so yeah that's one of those moments where you kind of shake your head and go goodness gracious how did we get here so fast but oh my gosh yes you go from when they're little nice. and they're absorbing all of your time attention and energy <laughs> till now they're all gone and you're just kind of sitting here going what happened exactly yes <laughs> yes exactly all right. Well, listen, David, what I would love for you to do for us, if you don't mind, is kind of give us some of your story. Just kind of take us back in time, kind of how you got your start, what your process has been to get you to where you are today. Okay, sure. I'd happy to do that. Um, yeah, I grew up in Iowa. I mean, and, you know, I was grew up on a farm. I mean, I was not I, I was a farm kid who grew up fishing, you know, going riding motorcycles, taking care of livestock on the farm. It was, you know, typical farm kid life. I grew up and I really knew that I wasn't, I, I, the joke was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I, I my answer was ABF, anything but a farmer, because I knew that, was, <laughs> that was what I did every day. And I knew that I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I know it's not this. Okay. This is, not the path for me, but as I kept going, I knew that I was really destined to be in the world of business. That was, hmm. that was what fit me. That was what excited me because I knew the power of business. I knew what a business could do for a person and what it could do for its hmm. customers because a business is something when it's done correctly can change not only your life by creating the way to support you, your family, your loved ones. But it can also, if you produce something that's really, really cool and amazing, it can impact and change the lives of all your customers. Mm -hmm. It can make things better. It can solve problems. It can improve yeah. someone's quality of life. And all these things can happen. And I know there's bad, bad things that happen in business too, just like everywhere. But the core of what a business is, it, it's just 
exactly what I think God intended it to be, which is to serve the needs of others, to help people solve their problems and to make people's mm-hmm. lives better. And in doing so, you get paid for your contribution. And if you do it well, you can get paid well for doing that. Sure. And so I, that was really the path that I wanted to go down because I really felt like that was what was in my heart to pursue. Mm-hmm. That was what I really wanted to do. So after I got out of college, I really don't think I had the confidence and the inner strength and the vision and yet to really go off on my own. And so I went in and I, I thought, you know what, I want to learn a lot about business and everything. So I went and actually spent 13 years working in the banking field. Hmm. So worked in all sorts of aspects, started out in a branch, ended up in the finance department, mergers and acquisitions, working directly with the CFO. I mean, I kind of covered a whole treasury department. I was all over the board. I was in trust. Like, yep, I got a full round tour of the banking world. Um, But I did all that. And I, what I really believe in that time was I was getting a first class education in how business works Mm. because the things that I got put into like I would be a financial analyst looking at mergers and acquisition deals and I had to pick apart a business and understand exactly how it worked. How did it make money? What was not going well? What was going well? How can you tell? How do you know how to read what was going in and on in a business? Mm. And I really feel like God was using that time to really build that skill into me and build my understanding and knowledge, not from a theoretical standpoint, but from a a real practical standpoint. So we did that. I did that for 13 years, got a tremendous education. Like I said, God put me next to like the CFO of the bank and I was working side by side with him. So I was just like a sponge soaking up everything <laughs> I was learning from him because he was really, really smart. And, and so I did that. But then the bank I was working at got sold. And mm-hmm. I knew in my heart at that point in time, my wife and I had three young children. So mm-hmm. we had a daughter, as I mentioned before, and two and a half years later, we had twin boys. So there was a little period of time in there. Where we had three under three, which was, Ooh. yeah, that was a lot. I love yeah, my is. children to death, but I don't want to repeat that little section of life. I was like, <laughs> I, I like being able to sleep. That, that's <laughs> thing. Um, so I was actually stay at home dad for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ended up for my wife's job. She was working full time because I would exited after the bank got sold and said, I'm going to stay home with the kids for a while. I'm going to be dad because the kids were getting sick all the time and it was a problem. And my wife had a good job and I was just like, that's it. I'm going to be dad to take care of my family for a while mm-hmm. because we need this. This is what we need right now in our family. So I did that for a few years. And as the kids started getting older, I really knew that, Hey, things, you know, aren't the same as they used to be. They're all three in elementary school now. During the day, they don't need me anymore because they're all at school. What am I going to do with my time? And and it was at that point where I met somebody else who really needed somebody to be like the other side of a business because there's kind of the visionary side of the business. And then there's the implementer, the integrator side of a business. Mm -hmm. So you have the person who has great vision, who has the ability to get out there and have great ideas, but then you have the person who can actually get it done, who right, can actually right. take all those great ideas and turn them into something real. And those are not usually the same person. So I was always a great integrator and implementer. That mm-hmm. was what I was really good. And this other gentleman was the other side. So we started building a business together for the next several years. And it became this incredibly successful business that we were able to change lots of lives and make a huge impact in the world. Mm-hmm. We grew a business from essentially, it was nothing. There was nothing there mm-hmm. when we started. The two of us grew it together. It was doing $3 million a year in revenue uh, by the time we stopped. And so it really was this amazing journey. And now since then, the next thing phase of my life has really been I really had to evaluate like what is in my heart? What is this thing that I know ultimately I feel like I'm called to do? Mm-hmm. And that thing really became, how do I help other people get their businesses out into the world? Because again, I have this passion for seeing businesses succeed because I believe so many people out there have this amazing gift that they've been given by God that you have an ability to maybe help people with their health or to help them with their relationships or learn how to manage their finances mm-hmm. more solidly so that they can be financially stable and make good decisions. Right. Or there's all these gifts that people have that I don't have that I can't do because it's not my gift. Right. I don't have that ability. No one should come to me for medical advice. That would be a bad decision. That would not work out well. So don't do not do that. But there's so many people that do, but they need help learning how to get their business successful. Mm-hmm. 
they need to, they have the knowledge to how to help people, but they don't know how to get their business out into the world in such a way that they can reach their customers, that they can position and build their business in such a way that it can be successful. So it takes care of them, but also takes care of their customers and it becomes something that's significant in the world. That's where I step in as I help people because I'm this business nerd, for lack of a better word, <laughs> as I study businesses, and I love businesses, and I love learning what makes them tick. And I've just learned so much over the years. And I, so I sit here and I help people get their business created, get their business launched and get their business growing to the point where it's significant and making an impact on the world. And that's where the business name came from that I started, which is Design Launch Grow. It's and that's the website designlaunchgrow.com because I was like those are the three phases of a business, you know, what it what is it you have to design what is your business going to be design the idea what is it going to be about, then we have to get it launched out into the world so you can publicly start putting it out there and people can start buying it, right. and then we got to grow it so that it actually becomes something more than two sales you know we got to make it. So that it becomes significant. So it's a real live business that takes care of you and your family and it's having a huge impact in the world. So that's really the journey in a nutshell of, you know, I guess 52 years of my life condensed down to a few minutes. But but yeah, that's really kind of how I got to where I am today. Interesting. Okay. So tell us on on your site, you talk about uh, this concept called the power of growth. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I believe that all of us, all of us really were destined to grow. And that when we were created, we were given this, we were all given something. But because we live in a fallen world, because we're sinful people, and we struggle, our ability to reach that potential of what we were created to be, is kind of messed up along the way. It, it It doesn't just naturally happen anymore. It's a struggle you know, to, to become that person that we're supposed to be becomes a struggle. And we have moments where we're doubting and we have moments where we're questioning. And there are moments where we want to find the exit. You know, we, we <laughs> yeah. feel like, you know, I know that this is the direction that I'm supposed to go, but I'm exhausted. I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I'm discouraged. I want the exit ramp. And I just want to go back to working in a job somewhere and doing whatever. I quit. I give up. Yeah. And that's where I feel like you've lost your purpose for your life. That's where I feel like you've, you've tapped out and walked away from the game. You're, you're no longer pursuing that thing that God gave you to be, to do that significant in the world, whatever that may be. And the only way to get there is if you're always growing. It, it, and it may, doesn't growing doesn't mean like growing by a mile at a time. It means one inch at a time. Every single day, taking another step forward, every single day, moving in that direction of point, keeping your arrow pointed at where you're supposed to be going, Mm -hmm. keeping the direction of your life going in a, in the way that, okay, this is the direction of where I'm supposed to be going. Will I fall down? Yes. Will I skin my knees from time to time because I messed up and did it the wrong way? Yes. (laughs) But guess what? Get up dust yourself off and keep going coming and what happens is you start growing into a different person because Mm -hmm. what happens in this process is there's two journeys that you become on you have the outward journey which is the journey where you're trying to do this thing you're trying to become you're trying to build a business you're trying to create a program or a product or a service you're trying to get something out in the world you're trying to build something externally but there's this other journey that's going on inside your own heart which is this journey of you're becoming a different person. You're, you're no longer like if you go where I am today and look about where I was 20 years ago, I'm a totally different person now. Sure. I've had to become a different person because life demanded that you got to become a different person. You know, these, these like becoming a parent. I remember when my daughter was born and we're taking her home from the hospital and I remember looking in the rearview mirror and my wife was sitting in the back seat with our daughter in the little car seat, the little pumpkin car seat. You probably oh, yeah. all have those oh, um, yeah. when you're at that time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking in the mirror, seeing the little baby, seeing my wife and going, okay, buddy, you got to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> you now have a little one sitting back there counting on you 
to have it together. You are now responsible for, she is completely dependent on you at this stage of her life. Yeah. The guy to have it together. You got to, you got to pull some things together and get yourself right on that path so that she can count on you and you will always be there for her. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't way off, but I was just, it was just a maturing moment. It was that moment yeah. of you, you got to, you matured quickly <laughs> in a few minutes there. Cause you kind of swallowed hard and realized it, but that's the journey we're all on mm-hmm. through various times. And to me, two of the biggest things for growing yourself as a person is becoming a parent. Okay. Because that's a difficult stage to go through and to learn how to raise a family. The mm. other side is growing a business mm. because you, you know, you suddenly realize there's nowhere to pass the buck. Like something mm. goes wrong. It's you. Guess what? <laughs> and it reveals all your weaknesses, it reveals all your fears. And you have to work through all those and you have to push through those and you have to become something more than what it was when you started in order to get to the goal that you're trying to get through. And that's this process where you become such more of a complete person. Mm-hmm. You become such a stronger person. You become such a more loving person because you, you've changed and you've had to go through these processes. And again, that's just another reason why I'm so passionate about doing all these things because A, I know you're going to change the world with your stuff. I know that if your your heart is right and you're producing good things, you're going to change the world with your stuff. But I also know you're going to be changed and, and oh, you're going sure. to be informed and you're going to become a person that's really amazing by the time you go through this whole journey, if you keep going. And that's why the, the whole thing I just, I get very passionate about because I know that this can be such a valuable process for each and every one of us to go through. For sure. For sure. Uh it's that's huge. The growth idea. Um, I mean, honestly, I kind of take the approach like this. You're either growing or you're dying. I mean, it's one or the other. There is no middle ground. It's the same thing when you talk about your relationships, your relationships are growing or they're dying. You can't just sit there. And that's why so many marriages fail is because one or both partners in there stop growing. I'm not saying that they are dying necessarily, but sometimes they're they're happy with the status quo. They're happy with a plateau, if you will. It's like we've leveled off. It's safe. It's comfortable. We're okay here. It's actually that's actually the worst place to be. Truly, it is. Um, Just from my perspective, it is. I agree. And, 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 this, and that's true in any relationship. I'm talking about with your significant other, with your kids, with your family members, with your friends, with your business associates and partners. If things, if the status quo is okay with you, it's time to buck up and really elevate or get out one or the other. I'm not telling you it's a good idea to get out of it, but what I'm saying is that's, that's a bad place to be. It doesn't feel like a bad place at first, but it is because it gives you a false sense of security, which really isn't there. It's almost like the, um, I can't think of a better analogy than this one right now. Uh, you know, you go into a, a warehouse and they have these really tall ceilings, but when they build it out, they put in those drop ceilings, you know? So you think that that's really your ceiling, but it's not. When you just pop through it, you can get much, much higher and really go way, way up. It's a lot like that in our relationships. We get to that plateau. It's like, oh, this is as far as we're going to get. Okay. It's like, that's such a scary place to be. <laughs> it just, it, it is to me. It's a scary place. And, and even in business, that's true. You get to a place where you're comfortable, you're okay. If that's really what you want, I guess that's okay. But truthfully, I've never known an entrepreneur that was satisfied with status quo. Not really. No, we, we tend to have that character trait. That's for sure. We, and that's a, a positive and a negative all rolled into one is like mm-hmm. that pushes us forward. But we also then have a hard time celebrating when things are actually going well, because we're always looking at how can we, oh, well, we got to fix that. Well, we got, we just had 10 wins in a row. Like, what are you talking about? What we, can't, why can't we, why can't we celebrate? And that's something that we all have to learn. Yes. yes I had yes. to learn. It's like, okay, we did 10 things great right in a row. It's all humming. It's all going really, really well. Customers are happy. We're doing a great job. 
And then one thing happened that wasn't up to standard. And that's all we want to focus on is that one mm-hmm. thing that wasn't up to standard. We've got to fix that. Got to fix it. Got to make it better. And yes, that's true. We have to make it better because we want to serve at the highest level possible. But we also have that flaw in us where we have to be like, no, we also need to be grateful and we need to celebrate yes. and we need to be thankful for all the wonderful things that have happened because it doesn't happen like that all the time. And when things are going well, we do need to have that moment of gratitude. But yes, that is the entrepreneur's blessing and curse kind of all rolled into one is that we're always driven to figure out the next thing, mm-hmm. to work on what's next, always be future oriented and look mm-hmm. at what's coming. But then we also have to be willing to sit down and say, okay, you know what? We have to count our blessings too. We have to be willing to stop. And especially when you have a team, especially when you have a team of people working with you, that's where it becomes really important because otherwise you can just drive your team. Now we need this. Now we need to do this. Now work on that. Now get this taken care of. And you don't take the time to celebrate all the wonderful things your team did Mm -hmm. to make where you are today possible. And that was a lesson I learned very much is that we have to celebrate. We have to celebrate those people. We have to show gratitude and appreciation for them and be thankful for all the contributions that they made all along the way so that all of this is even possible, that we could even get to where we are today. So yes, yes, we're all pretty driven. We're all pretty much, we see that next idea and we're like, hmm, I think we can do this. And then we have to like sometimes hold ourselves back and check ourselves as like, is this really the next thing we should be focused on? Or is this Mm -hmm. just, this is another shiny object that looks kind of cool and we're going to go run Mm -hmm. after it and only to realize that wasn't where we needed to be. So. Wow. Good. All good points. You know, especially when you're talking about that, that idea of celebrating, Um, especially for those of us who are extremely driven, it's so hard to basically say, hold on, time out. I need to step outside of myself and the way I want to do things and say, look, yes, people need to be celebrated in what they've done and their accomplishments. But even more than that, I have to learn how to do that for me. Because going back to that idea of growth you were talking about before, if I'm going to continue to grow as a person, I can't lead people any further than I've already gone. So if I'm not able to celebrate wins for me, how in the world am I going to be able to do that for people who work with me, who help me along the way? Because that's what they need. They clearly need that. They need attaboys on a regular basis. Again, it's back to that idea of the relationships. It's like, look, the relationships, 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 that is what it's all about. Absolutely. that is our number one resource in business is people. It's not the stuff because it doesn't matter what you do without the people. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. So, Oh, trust me. I could go on and yeah, on. I that. agree with you hundred percent. That is, you know, and why do we create the stuff? We create the stuff for the people, right? Even when we're creating stuff, when we're creating products and things like that, all that is, for the impact for the people, yes. for, the, for, the, for the benefit of the people, everything we do. And when you lose sight of that and you get focused on make, just making money or just, you know, the process of how do I, you know, just maximize this? How do we get more well-known? How do we become a bigger name in, the, in our industry? How do we do this? Sometimes we really, it's, that stuff can become about ego, it can become about pride. It can become about things like that. And you forget, no, our purpose here is to serve people. It's to help people. It's to make a difference in their lives. And sometimes one of the best things that you can do, and this is something my coach always challenged me to do uh, over the years when things weren't going well or when you're faced with some challenges and you're like really worried about them or you're concerned about them is I would have to stop and write out things I was grateful for. And and you'd be amazed at how gratitude can solve so many problems because it takes your focus off of, oh my goodness, I got to deal with this problem or I got to handle this or I got to do that. And my mind is consumed by whatever is going on over here that needs fixed. And when you stop and say, okay, write down five things you're grateful for. 
and I would have to do exercises like that, all of a sudden your whole perspective changes. This yeah. problem starts getting smaller in your mind because it's not consuming you like it was before. You found things to be grateful for, for to be appreciative for, and you realize truly how many blessings you really do have. Yes, you need to solve this problem, but now you can approach this problem from a much different place. You're not coming at it from this place of, oh my goodness, it's the worst thing in the world. No, you're coming at it from a very different place. Like, yes, it's a problem that I need to deal with, but it's not everything. It's not the end of everything. It's one piece of the story and we'll deal with it. We'll do the best we can, but we're not going to lose our focus on that. Cause that's, you know, you can destroy yourself. Otherwise you, you, you can lose all of it. If you forget to be grateful along the way, cause that can lead to super high levels of stress. It can lead to heart attacks. It can lead to serious health problems. You, you know, you have to have that as part of the process. Oh, absolutely. Um, before I get into some of the different things that you're doing with your business, you said something that kind of sparked, made, my, made the wheels turn up here. Let's for a moment, and you weren't expecting this, so let's talk for a moment about what it's like to be in business and how to deal with your mental health. Let's talk about that for a little bit. What has that process been like for you? Oh, that is a that is a really really good question because I think that's one of the unspoken things about being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is that everyone wants to talk about their business. Oh, I made this much in sales. I did this, I have this many customers. I want to do this, but behind the curtain, you know, they're stressed to the, to the, to their limits. They're, they're tired. They're exhausted. They're working long, long days every day. They're, they're working weekends. They don't see their family much because the business is consuming them. Mm -hmm. And what you realize as is you've, instead of creating a business, you've created a job mm -hmm. and you, you've created a situation where this business now is controlling you. It's, it's dominating all of your time. It's dominating all of your thoughts, all of your energy, because you're trying so hard to do a good job that it's just consuming everything that you have. And your mental health is just taking a whooping, you know, it, it is just getting beaten on because you're just not taking care of yourself anymore. You, you put your own health, your own mental state on the back burner to take care of everything related to your business. Yeah. And as a result, it's, it's creating lots of stress. It's creating problems. You have moments where, you know, you start having panic attacks or you start having moments where you never had anxiety before, but all of a sudden anxiety is there. And there's these moments where you're like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> what is going on? This stuff is starting to take on a life of its own. And you, and, and that's where you have to stop and you go, okay, all of the arrows can't point to me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to make this work, I have to create a business in such a way where all the arrows don't point back to me. Mm -hmm. And you do that through one of two ways. And that's creating systems and creating teams. And if you have a system in place where like, it's like emails, like if somebody can respond to an email and it doesn't have to come back to me every time someone has a question about something to get an answer, how do we do this? How do we solve that? It, the system can handle it. It can have an FAQ page with all these questions already pre-answered on that page. So I don't have to keep answering them via email. Time. It could like here, reference this. It answers many of the commonly asked questions right here and you can solve it. So that's a, like an example of a system mm -hmm. that can solve it so that it takes some of the pressure off of you. Or, and this is one that's really could be tough for entrepreneurs because we get so passionate about our business. We get so passionate about it. We have a hard time letting go. We have a hard time turning it over and saying, okay, this baby, I'm now going to hand over to this person who works for me. I'm going to put them in charge of this piece. You're going to gulp like, uh, do I really dare do it? But you have to. The only way to protect your mental health is you have to put those people in charge of pieces of your business. Mm -hmm. You have to put people and say, you're going to own this and it's yours. And you have to trust them with it and you have to believe in them. And that's where you start. You have to invest in that person. You have to invest in their growth. You have to support them. You have to be their cheerleader, even when they screw up. 
Yeah. <laughs> when they yeah. dropped the ball, and it, whoa, that didn't go the way. Probably it was more so at that time. Absolutely. And you, they have to know that you're behind them and not, you know, waiting for them to screw up so you can pull the rug out from underneath them and really go after them. They need to know that even if they do mess up, you're supporting them and you're going to help them fix it but then you're going to put them back in charge and stand them back up again and put them back where they were because you believe in them and you want them to succeed. And sure. that belief of wanting them to succeed will do wonders for the people that work for you mm -hmm. because they know that you're on their side. They mm -hmm. know that you support them, that you're a teammate. That's a true teammate. You're not waiting for them to fail so you can kick them in the shins. <laughs> they know that you you're, you're there as a team and you're locking arms and you're going to go through this together as a team. But the only way that you're going to do this and can keep your brain from exploding and keep from going, you know, cuckoo for cocoa puffs at some point down the road is you have to take the heat off of yourself and you have to build a business that can run without you. And that's where then that frees you up to do things like explore new ideas. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we could take the business in this direction instead of, you know, that direction. And one of the problems I see with so many new entrepreneurs is they're working on their business or they're working in their business instead of on their business. And that's an old Michael Gerber principle uh, from the E-Myth, but it, it is it so still applies though. <laughs> it is so prevalent because they get so involved in all the daily things that they're not thinking about managing the business, growing the business, running the business. Right. And if you're not doing those things, then yeah, you're going to be consumed by all the day-to-day -day things. And that's where you have to be careful about how you price things yeah. and price them in such a way that it's fair, but it's also allows you the capacity to bring someone in to mm. take it over, to pay for them. Like if your margins are so small and so low that you can never hire anybody, you can't grow. You can't build a team because there's no margin in there to pay somebody to take this over. The, mm -hmm. the margins are too thin. So there's so many ways in here that you can build it in such a way that it works without you being the one that's under the gun all the time and having to have that pressure on you because that's how you, that's how you pull your mental health back into yeah. the game. You can have those moments where, okay, so-and-so has this, they're going to take care of it. It's going to get resolved. It's going to be great. I don't have to be involved. And you can then walk away, go to watch a movie or go to hang out with your family or go to a ball game or something like that. And you can actually take a deep breath, let it out and actually unplug because unplugging is something that you have to learn how to do when you're an entrepreneur to let it go. Yeah for at least short periods of time. You have to have the faith and the confidence that you can walk away and let it go for a short period of time. Sure, sure. Now you were talking earlier about um, your coach having you write out five things you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. What are some other things that you do to help you stay honed in with your mental health? Just, just a few things that help you. Um, well, one of the things I've learned over the years is I, and I've gotten a lot more serious about exercise. Okay. Uh, that's one of the things that I've really, really taken to heart is a go move. Because when you yep. get that feeling of stress or you get the feeling of anxiety or a concern about something that's going on, you can burn a lot of that off. If you just go get your tail moving and doing something. And that could be anything. You know, I go for a lot of runs throughout the week where I'm just like, that's it. And I, and it's a great time for me on two levels. Cause one, it gets me out and it gets me running it gets me moving. It gets me burning off energy. Mm -hmm. And at the end you're more tired, which again means your, your levels all come back down. Mm -hmm. But it also, I don't think about business when I'm running. I put my headphones in and I have a handful of podcasts that I listen to on other topics. And I'm listening to those things to grow myself and to learn about other things. So really there is this level of a, your physical health, make sure you're getting out there and getting moving because again, it can become very easy um, to just get sucked into putting that off on the back burner and not, 
and not focusing on it well because you're too busy but then eventually your physical health starts to bark and to say hey <laughs> we're not doing so great over here so do that it takes care of a lot of it'll burn off energy it'll burn off stress it'll help you get more focused it'll make you feel better yeah. to feed yourself feed yourself with certain things to help yourself grow Help yourself feed your mind, feed your spirit, do certain things, listen to music. And a lot of times just listening to worship music for me is huge because mm. I will just put it in there because it just lifts your spirit up and it just, you know, takes you to a place where you're letting it go and you're thinking about other things and you're pulling your focus off. And again, you're feeding your mind or you're hearing something that's very positive and uplifting and it's like, okay, okay, I'm better now. Now I can come back and now I can circle back to where I need to be. And I'm in a much better state than what I was before. And we're good. Now let's go. So okay. yeah, I think those are the main things that I always try and focus on to try and keep things pointed in the right direction. Okay, excellent. All right. So I want to get back to your, your business as a whole. So you have um, different aspects of your business. So you have your design launch group. Um, well, it's kind of divided in, into two things. Uh, you've got a a you've got a mastermind, but then you've got something that's kind of before the mastermind, and then you have two other things. So let's talk about the differences between the, your first offering within DLG and then the mastermind. Let's talk about the difference between those two. Well, the first offering is a, um, the, this is really like the group where everybody can get started. Okay. So design launch grow, if you go yeah, designlaunchgrow.com, you can learn all about it right there. It's all kind of talked about right there and you can get mm -hmm. the whole, the whole story and you don't have to hear me blabber on about, <laughs> about all the details, but <laughs> essentially what this is, this is a group coaching program where for a much lower fee, you can get started. Um, and we're going, you know, we're working with you. We give you massive training and support and help, and we're producing new resources and new things for you all the time. We're going to do activities to get people going. We're doing workshops. We're doing weekly coaching calls. So you come and you have questions like, Hey, I don't know what to do about this. How should I do this in my business? Well, hop on a call and I'll help you. And I will answer your questions. And, you know, from somebody like me, who's been around this track more times than I care to admit, because then my kids start reminding me that I'm getting old, but I've been, I've been doing this for a long time now. I guess I have to admit that. And I've seen most of this stuff at least once. Mm -hmm. uh, if not two or three times. So I can help you navigate these waters and get there. So that's really, that group is really designed to help people um, get their business figured out, get it designed, mm -hmm. get their product launched and then start growing it. And that's really where like the foundational piece and you can get started with that group. You know, it's a monthly membership, but you can get started for just 19 bucks. So it's, we tried to do everything possible to make it as easy for you to plug in, to get going, to do it as possible. The mastermind is going to get launched actually later this year. Okay. And that's actually one that we're going to take. And as people start growing and building and they start having more business success, inevitably what ends up happening is you have people who are stepping up to a little bit higher level mm -hmm. and they want to be around other people that are also at that level. They want to be at people that are now having some higher levels of success. They want to be um, in a group that's more focused on where they are. Mm -hmm. And they want to be around people who are closer to where they are and yeah. they want more individualized attention. So that's going to be a group of about 25 people and it's going to be a smaller group. It's going to be a higher fee to join when we get to that point. We're not there yet. But mm -hmm. when we do that, it's going to be you know designed to be a smaller group, but a more focused group for people to really hop in, to get a lot more customized, individualized attention, to get a lot more customized support, and to be around people who are where they are. Because inevitably, what ends up happening is certain people start really having a lot of success. They get their businesses really launched. They're having all this great growth and success. And then they don't want to hang around all the people who are still at the beginning yet anymore because they want to be able to keep running with the people who are at their level. And I get it. And I, right. I totally understand that people want to run with people that are in a similar path and a similar spot in the journey to them. So that's what that yeah. group's going to be designed for. Okay. Um, 
And then the main other business that we do is I spent a lot of years working with authors, helping authors publish books, helping them get their message out into the world. And that was a wonderful experience to be able to do that, to help get all these people to get their messages out into the world. One of the things that just has always been a sticking point for that is people get their books published and the average author sells about 250 copies of their book in their life. Wow. Which when you think about that, and again, there's some that do better, obviously, but the number of the JK Rowlings of the world who sell millions and millions of copies, that's like 0.0001% of the world of authors. The vast majority sell only about 250 copies of their book or so. And the problem that they run into then is you can, you know, if you're selling it through Amazon or whatever, you're making two to three bucks per book. And so by the time, you know, depending on how you've got it structured and the price of your book and all that kind of stuff, but it's just a couple bucks or so a book. So if you've only sold 250, all those hours of work, all that time you spent, all the the editing, the writing, the designing, helping design the cover, pulling it all through, getting it through the publishing process. Mm -hmm. And your pullout from is less than a thousand dollars probably in revenue from the sales. Oh, that's that's disheartening, you know, and, and that really bothered me. But I knew a long time ago that there's a lot of guys killing it with their books. Mm-hmm. And because they were using it differently, they, they were using their book to bring in customers for their other products and services. Mm-hmm. So they are using it as like, yes, get a copy of my book, but then also get my course, get my this, get my other program, get my whatever else I have that I offer. Maybe hire me as a coach to do coaching for you. Yeah. And so what ended up happening, how I realized how they're doing this is they're building what's called a book funnel. And, and this book funnel is where you offer your book essentially for free plus shipping and handling. So 10 bucks, which usually is enough to cover the cost of the book plus whatever postage and the mailer and all that kind of stuff is. So you have all that, but then the next page doesn't just say, thanks for ordering the book. It offers them the ability to buy the next thing. And there's a real science to it. And so what I did is I went out and I studied all these people who are having like doing like million dollar plus book funnels. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're selling millions of books millions of dollars of books and programs and products and services through their book funnels. And I'm like, this is the answer for the authors. This is the answer that the authors need Mm -hmm. because they need to have a solution that will help them actually monetize their message. That will help them actually get some income from their book. So I created a book funnel in a box, um, Mm -hmm. which is really there to help people be able to take that and learn how to do a book funnel in such a way, because I went out and I modeled all the people that were having super high levels of success mm-hmm. and I created templates. And so I'm like, here's the template to follow. You take the template, you input your story, your content, your message into this template, follow everything that I've given it to you and outline it all right here and then create a book funnel that'll allow you to be successful because now you're modeling people that are, you know, really doing it well, you're getting the funnel built correctly, you're getting your message built correctly, and you're getting traffic to your funnel. Mm-hmm. And so that you could actually start monetizing your message and getting what you have out there in such a way that's profitable. Because sure. it hurts my heart to see all these people write all these books, and they're producing some really cool books. There's some really great stuff that's out there. But they're just their message is just dying on the vine because they're not, you know, it's it's not getting beyond a couple hundred books and then the people don't go any further because they feel like, shoot, I put all that time effort in and I didn't get much of anything back for it. And it becomes a real problem for them. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that definitely gives us a much better idea of, of your business and the various aspects of it and how that kind of plays in. Now, let me just ask you this. I know you call it, uh, hold on, you uh, book funnel in a box. Mm-hmm. Let's just say um, somebody doesn't have a book. They, they have a different product and they want that thing to be the thing that's showcased to lead into the other things, like to lead into the course or to lead it. They have a course that leads into the coaching, essentially. Would that kind of thing work for somebody like that? Yep. Yep. The funny thing is, is that if you've ever seen people who sell supplements, mm-hmm. um, 
like you, you can get supplements. And then the next thing is you can get a subscription to their supplements. So you get them every six, you know, every so many weeks, or they have upsell pages all throughout it. Yeah. And they're selling different types of supplements. All they did was took a book funnel and took the exact model from a book funnel and slapped in supplements and other things instead of the book stuff. Okay. So honestly, yeah, it, it kind of jokingly, we call it a book funnel because that's what its primary use is for is to promote books, to get the message out for your book and to use your book to get other products and services sold. So you can actually get paid for all that work that you did to create that book. But it's the, you can use that model for other things. And like I said, many other businesses do. I know supplement world is one of the main ones that uses it all the time. They're they're They copied the book funnel and said, Hey, this works for us. We we slapped in all their supplements and they're killing it. They're selling millions and millions of dollars of supplements all the time through essentially a book funnel. So gotcha. yeah, that, that model will absolutely work for other products as well. Uh, it just needs the front end product needs to be something that's fairly low cost so that you can oh. kind of get the process started with it. So if your initial offer is really expensive, then the book funnel is probably not where you want to be. But if you have like a supplements, you can get a bottle of a supplement for 10, $20, depending right. on what it is. So mm-hmm. that can then lead people in and has a low entry point to start. That's yeah. a really critical piece of having that. Or it, it may be such that, okay, I need to create something that is my introductory piece right. that can lead into my course, which can eventually lead into the coaching. There are definitely people that do that as well. They write an uh, uh, ebook <laughs> and they don't even publish it physically like mm-hmm. they don't even go through the normal publishing channels of going through and getting an ISBN number and all those types of things and actually putting it out on Amazon and all that they don't even do that they just literally write a a, a PDF a book that's a short book that they either turn into a, like an ebook on the official ebook formats or they'll just do it as a PDF mm-hmm. and put it out there charge seven to nine dollars for that then they don't have to worry about shipping the thing <laughs> because right. it's all electronic yeah. and then they use that to move into all their products and services so that's that's absolutely something that has that is another option so yes. We call a book phone in a box, but it actually, if you're creative, you can use it in a number of different ways. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, we're getting close to wrap up time, but I got a few more questions for you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, relationships. Wow. Like that's a surprise since we're called <laughs> relationships and revenue. So we've talked a lot about the kind of the revenue side and about business and all that, but I definitely want to take some time to hone in on this and I want to approach it from this perspective. What are you doing right now to help nurture and improve your relationships at home? And what impact is that having on your business? Oh, yeah, that's a good question because you're right. It's kind of like the foundation that everything else stands on, right? You, yeah. If the things at home aren't going well, then that's <laughs> going to kind of crumble all the stuff you're trying to do in your work all the time. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things it's kind of, we're in a new chapter of our life right now, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, all three kids are now out of the house. And so yeah, that's weird. Uh, that's real weird. Yeah. We're, we're just, I mean, and they were supposed to all go, the boys were supposed to go to college in the fall because of COVID it didn't happen. So they just went in January. So oh. we're just now, getting used to the world of not having them around. And so what we're really doing is we're creating date nights now Oh, good. because good. previously it was like, okay, this kid has this, this kid has that with this event, that event. And you know how it is, you're running around and we're like, we don't have any more events to go to no more school events. No more. <laughs> we're like, what are we doing? Let's go out to dinner. And so like Friday night, as much as humanly possible is always date night for us. Mm-hmm. Um, where we just set everything down and we just, the two of us just, we go out to dinner somewhere. We talk about all the things that are going on in each of our lives, you know, what she's doing at work, what I'm doing at work, what's going on with the kids. Um, and so we do all that and we just hang out. Like when she gets home, uh, we'll just hang out, you know, from her job, we'll just hang out on the couch and, and just talk about our day and, and the evenings, just mm-hmm. how are things going? How are things like, you know, how, what happened with this? What are you, you know doing with that? How was your day? And always making sure there's connection time every single day. And then like having at least once a week where we literally pack up and get out of the house and go do something together. That's not just staying at home. 
And then with the kids, I'm always trying to like, you know, since they're not around, I'm, I, I make it a point to like every week at a minimum, once a week, have a texting conversation with them or call them one of the two, depending on, you know, how long it's been since I've actually spoken to them. I'll be like, Hey, remember me? Uh-huh. I'm... <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I always have that. There aren't too many days that go by before, whoops, time to circle back around to this child again and mm-hmm. make sure things are okay. And it just kind of, you know, that generation is really like a texting and messaging generation. So I've tried to right. speak the language that they live in. Right. And so I really, I'm always texting them back and forth to try and keep that relationship going mm-hmm. and to keep all those connections alive and going. So there's no surprises along the way. All right. Well, let me let me offer this to you. And this is something that I tell people all the time, um, especially I tell men this, especially when it comes to these these date nights. Man, if uh, nobody carries, you know, the paper calendars hardly anymore. But uh, back when I did, if there were things I wanted to be sure that stayed in the calendar, and never left. I wrote it in, in ink rather than everything else was in pencil so I could erase it and change things around. God of you date night is the thing you wrote in pen, man. It doesn't move. It is something you guys count on all the time. The other thing, the other part of it that I want to encourage you to do, while it is important to be talking to your wife about what's, you know, all the stuff that's going on, things are going on with the kids. Keep that separate from date night. Let date night be a time where it's the two of you and you talk about things like, what are your thoughts, your feelings, what's going on with you? And you get that from her so that you guys continue to have that connection. And it's not that the kids aren't important because they are. But as I like to say, the kids are just on loan from God. They're only here for a little bit and then they're gone. And yours are you're older. I mean, they're much closer to being gone, gone, right. where you see them not nearly as often, but right. she's not. She's still there. So that would be my encouragement to you is just That's do good. that and, and figure out ways and do things that, that she totally digs. You own it, my friend. Make date night. You're in charge. You figure out what you're doing, where you're going. All she has to do is show up and look beautiful. That's her only job. She just shows up. You got it all taken care of. I promise you, you do that. You will thank me later. I promise you will thank me for that. That's really good, man. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. How can folks find you? Um, yeah, I think the best way um, to really find us and connect with us, obviously, davidbranderhorse.com is my uh, main website. You can go there and contact me there if you want to um, to, to go and do it that way. Uh, I'm on Facebook a lot. So there's a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. there, you, you can find me there. Um, we have our design launch grow, uh, Facebook group, which I'm kind of active in a lot posting a lot. I like, okay, the, I look another video of David, another video, like good grief. I'm like somebody else talk, please. That's <laughs> why like, so I don't have to keep seeing my face. Apparently I talk in here a lot. Um, uh, folks, I'm in that group, by the way, just so you know, yes, yes. I am a yes. part of it. Yes, he is. And uh, then we have a new Facebook page that we saw started called Entrepreneur Insider Secrets, mm. which is where we're kind of doing that to kind of have a little bit more of a public facing uh, view of that. But yeah, otherwise, you know, if you want to contact me, go to the website, you can contact me there, or you can find me on Facebook. I'm, you know, around in some capacity on there quite often. So perfect. Perfect. All right, David, what like we do with every guest who comes on here, we wind things up with a final four. They're just four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your mind allows the listeners and viewers to be able to learn something about you that we haven't already. Sounds good. That's Are fun. you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Question number one. Why did God create David? God created David because he loved him and he cared about him and he wanted him to be here and he wanted him to help other people become the full potential that God created them to be. Okay. Succinct and to the point. Love it. All right. Question number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to that's helping you grow right now? Um, what am I, a lot of the things that I'm doing is I, I'm really, like I said, I'm kind of a business junkie in a lot of worlds, I'm reading lots of things on various different things on how to become a better marketer, how to get messaging right, really digging more and more in how to structure a message. 
um, so that it'll connect with people. Cause I know that that's one of the biggest things for people to be successful is like so many people have a, um, a good product and services, but they don't know how to communicate that into the world so right. that people can grasp the value of what it is that they're truly doing mm-hmm. so that they want to get it and implement it into their life. So I've really been spending a ton of time lately. And so I'm watching videos, I'm reading articles, I'm finding books, I'm getting everything I can. That's really helping me to come bring this down and boil it down into an understandable process for people so that they can really then grab it and know how to create a message that communicates the value of what they're doing. Because I feel like if people can get really good at that, their products and services are going to sell. Their products and services are going to get out into the world because the world will be able to grasp what it is that they're doing and they'll see the value in it and how to say it the right way. Because I think that's where so many people fall down. That that's where, I mean, they may have this most amazing program that can help people, you know, get healthy or whatever, or, you know, heal their marriage. And it's so valuable. It's so good, but they don't know how to communicate that program to people in such a way that people want to buy it. And as a result, they're not having their lives impacted. So how can I get that really honed into a a place and get it so figured out so tight that people are able to take that and and plug it into their own business in a real plug and play type manner Mm. so that that message now becomes easily understood and easily communicated. So that's where I've been spending a lot of time lately is just I got to dial this in to that, to that next level where everything is so tight. It is so clear. It is so crisp that anybody can step in and plug their message in and get it communicated to the world so that the world will want to have it, will want to buy it, will desire it, and we'll, we'll see the value in what it is. Well, you're definitely going to have to keep us posted on this. That's, that's very intriguing. <laughs> definitely want to hear more about that when you know more. It's becoming more clear every single day. I am, like I said, I become a real marketing nerd when it comes to things like that. I, I want to know how all the little cogs fit together. Like this affects this and that affects that. So when I say these things, okay, you know, and, and understanding all these pieces and just it, every single day, it's becoming more and more clear. Like I said, I, I, I'm one of those where people will go and watch a webinar Mm -hmm. and will watch it to decide whether or not they want to buy the thing that's on the end. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the guys that watches a webinar and will take notes as to the strategy of how someone is presenting everything. (laughs) And why did they say this? Okay. They said that because, and so I'm looking like I'm watching this webinar and I'll even watch it multiple times and I'm taking notes. Okay. He said this, and then he went with that. And then he talked about this. Why did he do that? And then figuring out the logic chain behind everything that on how that whole webinar is constructed so that I can see exactly how he positioned it because people buy the, the reason people buy is there's certain things that happen to us psychologically. Mm-hmm. And that's something that not everyone I think understands and grasps. But if, if you're going to buy something, when you decide to make a purchase and it could be anything from what you're going to get for dinner to buying a car to joining a program, whatever it may be, there are certain psychological steps that you go through to where, first of all, you decide emotionally, I want this. There's something inside of you that clicks something inside of you that goes, this is what I need. This is the answer I'm looking for. This is it. This is the thing I need. And then there's the other side of you that logically goes, okay, can I afford it? Does it make sense? Does it, you know, fit into the budget? Will, you know, will this work out? Do I have time to do this? Does it, you know, whatever. And your logic kicks in, but there's this entire psychological process that you go through to get to those steps. And for someone to buy, and if you're going to be effective at presenting your message, you got to know and understand what those steps are. You got to know and understand why does someone say, yes, I want to buy that. Why does someone say, yep, that's the thing I need. That's the answer I've been looking for. Let me have it. Mm -hmm. Um, And why does someone not get there? And why do they not feel that way? In understanding how the human psychology works behind that, you now know how to construct your message. You now know how to present your offer because you know that there are certain boxes that you have to check along the way for someone to say, that's it. 
And, and that's not trying to be at all manipulative. That's just saying this is how buying works. Right. right. This is just how the process works. And again, not everybody will be your target customer. And not, that doesn't mean everybody buys, but it does mean the people who are right for you will. Yeah. And that's what's important. Very cool. All right. Question three. What do you do for fun? <laughs> I, I realized a long time ago that I, in a lot of ways, I never stopped being a 14 year old boy. Um, I, I, you know, when I was a young kid, I enjoyed so much collecting sports cards and memorabilia and all of those types of things. I, I, when I was a a kid, I watching a baseball game just gave me such joy Mm. and just watching it. And those baseball, basketball, or football, those are my three things. Like, so I had one for every season, you know, no matter what time of the year it was, I had it covered. I had something to plug into, but, (laughs) and then, I was always collecting cards and I would get an autograph here or there. I would get something. And I just realized it. And for a lot of years, I kind of stopped doing it. I kind of let it go. And I realized when I was getting so busy with work and I, all my business stuff was taken off and I had no hobbies. I'm like, what am I going to do for a hobby? I need a hobby. I need something to to do that just going to be for fun. That's nothing other than just fun. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to do it other than that. And I realized this is who I am. I'm still that little 14 year old boy inside me. He's still sitting there going, David, go get a bag of licorice, a diet Coke and a box of baseball cards. And we will be happy as a clam. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is what I did when I was 14. Yeah, I guess not a lot has changed, but it's still the thing. I, I love that because for me, you know, it, now that I'm older and I actually have more than 12 cents in my pocket, you know, like when I was a kid, <laughs> you reach down and like, oh, that's a Mickey Mantle card. And you look down and you go, yeah, that's, he's not going to sell it for 12 cents. So I have, all I can do is admire from afar. But as you grow older, you can actually buy some of those. And it's like just this, it's a connection to when things were simpler. You remember when you're a kid and the most important thing you're worried about is who won the ball game last night. And you're like, man, life was I'm not going to say easy, but it was a lot more simple in those days. If my primary concern was who won the ball game last night, man, that just, that brings things down to a, such a simple level. And it was such just that pure joy of watching all those games and talking about it with your friends and all this, and then going out on the playground and like, Hey, I'm going to hit it just like he did. And you know, like it was all those great memories. And so for me doing this brings me back to that point when I was younger. It brings me back to when life was simple. It brings me back when life was uncomplicated. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this touch point. It, it connects me back to that point in my life. And that's what I do. That's my hobby. Um, and you know, some of my family think I'm a little weird, but <laughs> I have quite the collection piled up by at this point in time, but it's something that I really, really enjoy doing. Very cool. And our last question, what are you most grateful for? Grace. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've learned over my life is, yes, I think I've done a lot of things well, but I've also had a lot of those moments where I'm like, that was really dumb, David. What did you do that for? And you don't realize it until it's after the fact. And you realize if it weren't for grace, I would have probably made a mess out of things all along the way. Mm. But because of grace in your life and the ability to go, whoops, I need to go fix that, or I need to go do better the next time, or I need to go improve in that area of my life, or I need to learn how to speak more softly, or I need to do this. Grace gives you that freedom to make mistakes. Grace gives you that ability to be human and and to not be perfect and and to fall down once in a while and go, "Uh oh, nope, that didn't do that nearly as well as I could. I'm going to go apologize. I'm going to go make it right. I'm going to go fix this. And that grace is like the cushion of life where, okay, I, I spoke too harshly to that person. I'm going to go talk to them. I'm going to go apologize. I'm going to go make this right. And it, a lot of times, you know, with your children, that's where the prime examples are your children, your child did something and you looked at him and said, what, what did you do? Like, and then you respond frustrated or upset. And then you realize that didn't fix it. And you realize I need to go talk to them and we need to have a conversation 
and I need to apologize for yelling that and getting upset and they need to be honest with me about what happened and we need to get a relationship that works. But that grace, it, it's like that fudgy area where you can literally be there and say, okay, maybe I didn't do it right the first time, but grace is going to allow me another chance. It's going to allow me to come back around a second time to say, okay, I'm going to try again. And I just feel like that's, that's what makes all things possible because if we got what we deserved, we would have been in a world of hurt a long time ago, but because we don't get what we deserve, we get extra chances to keep trying and we get more chances to keep making another attempt. And even in business, when you're in business, not every marketing campaign you try will work. Yeah, Absolutely not. But if you have enough grace in there to make a few stumbles to make a few mistakes, you can do a few. And then all of a sudden you figure it out. Mm-hmm. You get that campaign figured out and now you're off and running and, and the world is a completely different place and you're experiencing success that you wouldn't have if you didn't have the freedom and the, and the grace to make a few mistakes along the way. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing those with us and thanks for spending some time with us today, David. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed you being able to share more about you and about your business and, and what you're all about and just to dig a little deeper into who you are. Um, I'm really thankful for you being here. I know the listeners will be too uh, and viewers because we also have our YouTube channel where folks can see this as well as listen to us on all places podcast related. So, um, oh, I want to be sure to include this for you listeners. Uh, please, please, please ratings and reviews. I told you I was going to start talking about this some more, so I'm going to talk about it here. One of the things I don't do enough of is to ask for that, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm asking, please, please go out and give us a ratings and review on Apple. I know there are other platforms where you can do that, but Apple's the big one where we, it really makes a difference into how we show up when people do, when they do searches. So ratings and reviews, reviews are so super important. So even if you can share just a few words about your experience with the podcast, would really, really appreciate that. Would mean a lot to me and would help the show tremendously. So again, David, thank you so much for being here and for spending some time with us today. Really appreciate it. Loved being here. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you listeners and viewers for tuning in and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.